Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and David Wolman. It is 1.45 on a Wednesday. We are recording this in anticipation of week two of high school football for 5A and 6A. <laughs> yeah, We've already had a couple games fall through, so that is very apt, knocking on wood. Uh, but yes, nevertheless, as has been the case, um, we're here to preview some of the marquee games on our uh, coverage schedule, including the reader-voted game of the week. Uh, big thanks to everybody who went to the website starlocalmedia.com to vote on one of the five games that were up for contention this week. Um, once again, another week where there wasn't a whole lot of suspense as far as what was the... Uh, a pretty know, big margin on this one. Yes, this one, was a, this one was a big one. For this one, we are headed out to Eagle Stadium in Allen. It was only a matter of time before Allen wound up in the spot of the podcast. But uh, yes, a Friday 7 o'clock kickoff between Allen and Atascacita. A first-time matchup. Um, so, uh, yeah, just to kind of set the uh, set the stage for this one, this is a meeting of, uh, of Eagles. So that's going to make the game story a bit of a pain to write because you, <laughs> you can't use the term Eagles since it applies to both. So, I don't know, do you guys ever run into that when you guys have to have to cover two teams that have the same mascot writing afterwards? It's just, I don't know, it feels like more of a challenge. Oh, yeah, and it's especially, you know, obviously Eagles is yeah, Rowlett. I run into that quite a bit with them. Mm-hmm. Mustangs, you run into it quite a bit. You know, i got some unique ones, too. You know, Skeeters you don't run into very often or if at all. Uh, but yeah, it does because you, you kind of get into a habit mm-hmm. where once you use Allen, the next t- next reference you use Eagles and you mm-hmm. kind of rotate the two and um, yeah, it does. You have to go back and double check your work. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a trivial problem for, you know, to, yeah, yeah. to many out there, but it, the it, is, it is a pain. It is a pain. <laughs> These are first world journalist problems. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was a matchup between two teams. Again, the first time meeting this was on, this was actually already on Allen's schedule prior to the pandemic. So this was going to happen, you know, either way. Um, this was initially set up though through a um, through a back channel, some folks with the Tom Landry Classic helped kind of lay the groundwork for these two schools getting in touch, and um, and it's kind of been a bit of a a bit of a tradition in recent years for Allen to host a team not from the Dallas area, either in that first or second week of their non-district schedule. You know, you've seen obviously a handful of teams out of state coming in to play at Eagle Stadium. Then last year you had a team not from the Dallas area, but from a bit further south with Dickinson coming to town, and then kind of that same vein. A uh, always a always nice when a Dallas area power and a Houston area power hook up. So that's certainly going to be one of the prominent storylines in this matchup. Um, they're both ranked in the state's top, I believe, top 15, top 16, as far as the preseason polls go. So this is the uh, this is the first of two straight weeks of state-ranked opponents for Allen. So after they took care of Plano East last week, you know, 49-26, we're going to get to learn over these next couple weeks a bit more as far as what Allen is, just from uh, you know, just from the usual lofty standard that they're held to. Um, you know, and for Atascacita, they've been. I mean, this is you know, when you think of Houston area football, the first program that kind of comes to mind is North Shore mm-hmm. with what they've done obviously being the two-time defending state champions and whatnot, ranked number one in the state. You know, not far off, though, is a program like 
like a task see that they haven't necessarily broken through as far as that uh, that championship contention uh, you know plateau goes but this is a program that's won double digit games each of the past five seasons each of those years resulted in a playoff run that went at least three rounds deep um, I mean honestly just off that alone find I mean name me the, the teams at the 6A level that have gone at least three rounds deep each of the last five years it's not a long list at all well they've only been around since 2006 yeah so you know it takes especially at the 6A level it takes some time to grow that program mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, I mean, that's certain certain times you have a great team. They just get stuck in a, in a tough region. And when you're trying to go through North Shore, you can say the same thing with the region two with Allen, mm-hmm. you know, or regional one with Allen, depending on what, yeah. what, what two years it is. Um, it's just it's just tough when you have that kind of one hump you can't get over. But uh, like you say, three trips to the regional finals and ten wins or more in six of the last seven years. So they've they've established themselves in the last decade as one of the elite. And as you, you mentioned the, the Allen scheduling, you know, going out of state, going down to the Houston area. Well, part of that is because no one around here wants to play them early yeah. this season. I mean, once you hit that status, you really are kind of only left with the other elite teams around the state mm-hmm. because, you know, they're not just going to play anybody. I mean, they may, for a rivalry standpoint, it may, you know, it makes sense to play a Plano East early on because they have that history. But, um, you know, that's why things like the Tom Landry Classic kind of came about was to put kind of these super heavyweights mm-hmm. together. And uh, in recent years, Allen's kind of had to look to fill that non-district schedule. Oh, they yeah. had, they've had to go elsewhere. And Atascocita, obviously, they think – they think they're on that level. They want they want that challenge, and it should be it should be an interesting matchup. I know this is one that you've uh, looked at more intently than anybody <laughs> else, having uh, having this on your schedule. It's um it's certainly a nice chance as far as a, a potential validation game for a program like Atascocita, which as you said, you know, is still a, a program that's in its relative infancy compared to a program like Allen, that's you know that's won you know five state titles since two thousand and eight, and is you know amassed one of the most prolific runs of any high school in recent Texas high school football history. I I believe they're entering this game looking to win their 77th consecutive regular season game which I think might be closing in on the state record it's it's not too far off for sure um you know so as far as kind of where these uh I guess kind of how these two teams got together um you know with the Tascasita they're coming off a 12 and 2 season last year an appearance in the regional finals um it's a team that's a little low on returning experience though you know they um they only bring back five starters just two on offense um you know they're going to be uh, they're going to be fairly new at quarterback with Gavin Session he's just a junior I mean, he's got plenty of talent, though, to spread the ball around to. Landon King? Yes. Auburn, Auburn commit, I think he is. Yes, Landon King, a big time, uh, you know, big time target at tight end. He's six foot five. Like as you said, David, he's committed to Auburn, one of the top tight ends in the state. Uh, Keith Wheeler was on um, the district newcomer of the year last season, just a sophomore mm-hmm. last year. Um, as a as a wide receiver, he really shined a lot. Their offensive line is really really young, but they do have one of the pound for pound top offensive linemen in the entire state at uh, at left tackle in Cam Dewberry, who's the uh, he's the number three offensive line prospect for the class of 2022 mm-hmm. he's got offers from everywhere so i mean that's you know again while you're pretty young elsewhere that's certainly a nice uh, you know a nice little uh, ace in the uh, ace up your sleeve to have with with one of the especially a tackle for sure um the defense is you know there's a little inexperience as well just three returning starters there but they are pretty solid in the secondary caleb burton was an all district pick for them last year benny qualls flash some promises just a sophomore last season um up front they've got some uh, coach gamble um you know with allen was really really complimentary of their size 
size on both sides of the ball um, up front with uh, with Nico Campbell, and then they have a uh, have a sophomore who um, you know is you know six two. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, so just going to say Samu. It's the first name. Um, there's a lot of vowels in that last name, um, but yeah, no, he was. I mean, he's you know six two, three hundred and fifty pounds or so is what he was listed on the um, on the interwebs. Um, you know, Nico Campbell six three. They got some huge defensive linemen. Um, so it's it's definitely a program that um, on paper, you know, I mean, Coach Gamble was, I mean, just all across the board, just their athleticism causes so many problems for teams. And, um, yeah, it's – but the big question is for Atascacita – this is their first game, you know, so Allen has a little bit of a head start in that sense. They were able to get in their game last week against uh, against Plano East. So um, how much does that impact things, you know, when you're uh, when you're traveling on the road into a, uh, a place like Eagle Stadium, which, to be fair, is not going to be like typical Eagle Stadium at this time of year because of the... Socially distanced Eagle Stadium. Yes, a very socially distanced Eagle Stadium because of the COVID restrictions. So you're not getting that, like, basically that college-style atmosphere that a lot of Allen home games will have, which can be overwhelming for teams if you've never really been in too many settings like that um you know but nevertheless though it's um it's certainly a uh, for a program that's playing its first game that's a tall order when you have to put everything out there into practice for the very first time against you know not just a team that has a game up on you in terms of preparation but also a team like Allen that is about as credentialed as um as anyone in the state especially against an Allen team that you know like they scored on six consecutive drives last week, so you don't have mm-hmm. that game experience for uh, Addicts Casita right there. Yeah. So, I mean, to replicate that game experience against a powerful offense that Allen could be this year, mm-hmm. I mean, that's tough. Yeah, Allen's offense, um, you know, they, uh, there's a lot of buzz surrounding this offense. Their skill positions are just stocked with talent, as is typically the case with Allen. There were some questions, though, as to what was going to happen at quarterback. Um, they had a couple uh, couple candidates in place there to take over for Raylan Sharp uh, from last season. Yeah, they found a couple answers, actually. They, um, you know, they put to use some, I think, actually, like four kids wound up attempting passes for them last week. <laughs> Obviously, the starter, though, was, um, you know, has kind of been evidenced, you know, leading up to the start of the season, uh, General Booty, uh, transfer from the California area, um, you know, he, uh, he was strong in his debut. He went 9 of 14, 160 yards, two touchdowns. They did, um, you know, kind of mix in just as a, just to kind of build depth because you're always, you're always curious when you see a team go to the backup quarterback at like at some time in the first half. You understand like if it's in the, you know, late third quarter of the game, you're already up by, you know, by five, six touchdowns and you start siphoning in the backups, you know, but they gave Jake Wolf, um, one of the backups, some pretty meaningful snaps in that game against Plano East. And again, the, the red, the reps, he only attempted eight passes, but very productive, 167 yards on a touchdown it helps when you have receivers like Blaine and Bryson Green to throw to who um, are currently sitting at over 30 yards per catch for both of them uh, Blaine was uh, was you know his usual dominant self four catches 138 yards two touchdowns right around 35 yards per catch and then Bryson Green two catches 61 yards and a touchdown it's what you've kind of come to know out of those two and that they can just they can attack you at every level of the defense whether it's them catching a screen pass and just barreling through the second area they're I mean they're built like a couple linebackers and this again their ability to stretch the field um, and then just rack up those uh, those big receptions it's just kind of been the uh, the blueprint to Allen's offense in recent years and then you've got the running game which was its usual you know efficient self Jordan Johnson right on right, picked up right where he left off averaging you know nine and a half yards per carry uh, scored a touchdown Jalen Jenkins gave them some good reps in relief um, you know it's it, that's kind of what the bar is for Allen's offense this season as long as they can kind of steady things at the uh, at the quarterback spot 
lot. Um, you know, defensively, Coach Gamble wasn't uh, wasn't the biggest fan of some of the penalties and the big plays that they gave up against Plano East. Um, you know, but you look around there, you know, it's a bunch of guys who were kind of getting their first serious reps and starting roles. Guys like Levi Tupo who's had a couple brothers come through the program over the years. He had nine tackles. Um, Alexander Green and Cade Patton had strong games in the secondary. Patton in particular had a uh, interception and a couple pass breakups. He's the he's technically the only returning starter for Allen's defense. Um, so it's again, it's still a, a unit that's kind of like you know Atascacita in that it's pretty you know not not exactly the most seasoned unit, but one that as the season goes along and you start getting more comfortable, will you know hopefully assume the identity of uh, of defenses in uh, in the past. Um, what is something that you guys are going to kind of have your eye on in this matchup? I'm going to see how. Uh, Allen's defense handles Atticacita's um, skill positions. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, well, Allen has their skill positions. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to see, you know, like the, Allen doesn't really have much game film on Atticacita at all. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be, you know, a, a little chess matchup, in the, especially in the first half, to figure out what Atticacita is going to do. The same verse for vice versa. So, you know, they're a Houston school, so they don't see Allen hardly at all, like uh, even, even on highlights. So, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a little bit of a chess match at first, but. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Allen's defense is going to be able to handle uh, players like Landon King and um, obviously vice versa with uh, Addix Casita's defense being able uh, to handle uh, Allen's offense. So that's that's the big storyline. Because there aren't too many six foot five targets left on Allen's schedule. That's certainly a very unique matchup right there. Yeah. As far as um, kind of game film went, so Atas Casita's coming into this, they um, they basically have scrimmaged the last couple of weeks. I believe the Woodlands and Klein Collins were who they played and that's um, that was basically the tape that, you know, Atas Casita and Coach Gamble, they, ex- they exchanged tape from their scrimmages. So Allen's scrimmage against Hebron, and then Atascacitas against, I believe it was the Woodlands, was the ones that were uh, were swapped. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of in a sense, kind of sight unseen because there are just so many new pieces to this Atascacita team. Um, Devin, what's something that uh, jumps out to you? I just want to see if this is the the Allen teams like that you've seen over the last sure. decade, fifteen years in terms of raising their level of play when the stakes are a little bit higher, when the opponent is a bit more high profile. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the, the game last week against Plano East, you know, 49-26, they were in control, but those are the types of games that a lot of times they win 65-7 to type mm-hmm. stuff. Now, granted, this is, this, that's a district game. You know, they're going to take care – they're going to be a lot more focused in district. This was non-district. It was the first game of the season yeah. after this crazy layoff. But um, – that's one thing that, that's why Allen's regular season record is so ridiculous because they have played these high-profile yeah. teams from out of state. They have played these big-time programs from Texas, and they tend to take their level of play up a notch uh, to, to meet those expectations mm-hmm. and to rise the occasion. So, you know, nothing against a 49-26 win because that was obviously they took care of business, but this is going to be a little bit different challenge, and I want to see if they can kind of, I guess, solidify some of those positions. I mean, as you said they were rotating pretty loosely, mm-hmm. getting a look at a lot of different guys. See if some, I guess that kind of starting lineup comes together and see what they can do against a, a top 15 program. And just how they're going to handle just the the expected escalation and just quality of competition, quality of play from an opponent because, you know, whereas you, you know, the, the problems that you see and how you match up with Plano East and what they were able to do, I mean, a task you see is going to reveal an entirely different set of problems for you just because they're just, they're, you know, their personnel is just is quite a bit different from Plano East. So, um, yeah, anxious to see how Allen handles that. And again, this is the first of two consecutive weeks playing state-ranked teams. They have Cedar Hill next week, a team that they have a little bit more experience with, you know, having played them last season and whatnot, but there's, um, yeah, there's just the, uh, the, the sense of the unknown with a, with a first-time opponent uh, from an area that, you know, you don't traditionally play too many teams from, 
So, uh, yeah, it all um, it all kind of uh, shakes out to be a matchup that I think is a guy that's generating a lot of buzz around the state, and hopefully it lives up to the billing. I mean, heck, we're one for one as far as games of the week, producing just absolute <laughs> slobber knockers with what happened last week between Plano and McKinney. So, uh, Allen and Atascacita has a has a pretty tough act to follow. Um, as far as a prediction goes, um, let's see, Devin, where did you land on this? Are we giving scores? It's up to you, man. <laughs> I'm not, but hey, you can you can go as deep no, as you want. No, no, no. I, I think um, I think both teams are going to put, point, put points on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're probably looking at something in the 30s, uh, but I think it's going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think something where if Allen comes out and, and sets the tone from the start, I see them being able to jump out to a lead and Tascasita playing catch up. And Allen's over the years been able to weed to kind of keep those teams at arm's length. Um, I would like to see, just out of curiosity's sake, what happens if, for instance, the Tascacita jumps out oh, and, yeah. grab, and grabs a 10 nothing, 14 nothing lead and see how Allen, especially with a quarterback who's still kind of learning the ropes, no matter who they mm-hmm. decide to, to, to roll with, uh, handles it. But I, I see Allen coming out in, in a close game. I think I, I might be wrong, but, man, I, I think I remember Dickinson kind of doing that to Allen last year where they just kind of cracked him in the mouth. I don't know if you were there for that one. I, I know you strung that. a lot of Allen games. Yeah. But, yeah, they just kind of cracked him in the mouth right from the start, and Allen was able to eventually get it together. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you know, very uh, interesting to see if uh, if Atascacita just comes out and just goes deep on him or something and just able to get a big play to start. I'm, um, you know, I'm also leaning Allen as well. I uh, I just do – I think it is – I think there is something to be said, though, for a team that already has a game under its belt and being able to diagnose your, your strengths and weaknesses, albeit not against a state-ranked opponent, but at least getting something out there as far as being able to play a full game and just getting it all out there to say, okay, this is what we kind of need to correct going forward. And with the Tascacita, it's just, I mean, again, you haven't had that. You can only extrapolate so much from a couple scrimmages. And then, again, just the, the dynamic of having to you know travel all this way and you know playing in Eagle Stadium and whatnot versus a team that just doesn't lose. They haven't lost in the new Eagle Stadium. They haven't lost a regular season game period since 2012. Well, and that's one, one interesting, and this came up over the summer, is we talk about, we because we cover games right here in this, in this area in Region Two, the mystique that Allen we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, Allen has a hard time scheduling. Well, they don't have that mystique down in the Houston area. Yeah. You know, like Galena Park North Shore, that doesn't carry the same weight up here. We know that they're a great team. We know that they're a two-time state champion, but we don't see them week in week out against common opponents. Yeah. So they, you know, we know that if we're just going to rattle off state contenders, we'll say we'll say Galena Park North Shore, but we don't have that visual image of them like we do of, of Allen around mm-hmm. here. So Atascosita coming from that different region they certainly know who Allen is they've seen the tape but I don't know if it holds that same mystique that Allen holds over kind of mentally over some of the area teams here David where did you land on this one uh this is going to be a really close game I think just the based on the returners that they got and just the skill positions that's a pretty evenly matched game right mm-hmm. here both teams already have new starting quarterbacks but I mean just the fact that like you said of just having to travel here for four hours and a bus you know especially with the pandemic where people are, are staying at home a lot so just that and just the intimidation of Eagle Stadium right there I think it's going to be I think it's just going to be a little bit too much I think Allen wins maybe maybe like a touchdown or 10 points okay and there you go so a, a projected uh, clean sweep on the picket line for Allen we'll see and again we uh, we took our we took our lumps last week in a few of these big these uh, these high profile games so uh, yes and nevertheless Allen versus the Tascacita, our game of the week, Friday, 7 o'clock at Eagle Stadium. Um, let's see. We got, a, we got a few other big games on the docket. Got so, four you know, others. Yeah, let's, uh, let's chat about them. Let's chat about them, and let's, uh, let's make a few picks, some short previews, and just give you an idea as far as what the other big games on the docket are. We got the Carrollton Farmers Branch.
Ranch ISD Super Bowl. Uh, let's see. It's 7 o'clock at Standard Stadium. It opens the season for both Creekview and Newman Smith, renewing the rivalry, the best football rivalry going out in CFB ISD. It's just going to be nice for, again, if you're just talking about just after the just the, the, the hectic offseason that a lot of these schools have been through, and Creekview and Newman Smith are a uh, very apt example of this because they were one of the uh, the school districts that had to you know temporarily suspend their uh, their summer workouts due to county health orders um, during the uh, during the summer. So you know they did not get a uh, a typical off season in you know and there was a whole lot of scheduling chaos that went down. So despite all that, to come through it all, emerge from that rubble, and then see your uh, you know basically your uh, the most familiar face that you could expect right across from you, your most storied rival, and get a chance to open up the season against them. It's going to be a nice it's going it's going to be a nice sense of uh, of normalcy out there at Standard Stadium between the Mustangs and the Trojans. Um, as far as what it actually means in terms of a, a competitive game, um, you know, this is a, a series that, at least in recent years, his favorite, Newman Smith, they were riding, a, I believe, three consecutive wins up until last year. Then uh, Creekview got the better of them in their uh, regular season finale. I want to say 23-7. to 7. I don't have the score in front of me right now. 23-6. Wow, one point off. Um, but nevertheless, um, kind of looking at where these two are at, um, you know, there's a, there's a bit, of, there's a bit more, uh, I guess, consistency as far as returning experience goes with uh, with Newman Smith, especially a quarterback with uh, with Doug Hill back um, with Creekview. You know they run that uh, that tricky little flex bone offense. You know they got a few key pieces that they have to uh, to fill in that, specifically a quarterback. And then, uh, but they uh, you know they do feel pretty confident with what they have at running back and Edgar Page, who you know is kind of stepping into that uh, into that uh, that go to role at running back and is expected to really kind of carry a big load for them this season. Um, I ended up siding with Creekview. I think it'll be a much closer game than last year. And then you have to you have to obviously uh, apply it with the caveat of this being the first game for both teams and, you know, the expected rust that's going to come with that. But um, ultimately, I think that, um, you know, I think that, uh, again, I think Newman Smith's the experience that they have returning. And it sounds like they got a couple move-ins that they're pretty optimistic about as well. But I think it'll close the gap a bit. But I think I, I like creep you by a touchdown or so. Um, let's see. Devin, where did you land on this one? I, I, I landed about the same. I took Creekview not having much knowledge at all, background knowledge of either team. I know there are teams that have, that have struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess neither one's made the playoffs since 2015. Uh, you know, it's um, – but it, it's early season, and, you know, you mentioned the first game, but it's also a chance to build momentum. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you haven't had success like these two programs – I mean, you know, I think Creekview went four and six last year. Um so it's not like they're coming off 0-10 campaigns. But when you don't know how to win, every win counts in terms of building and learning how to do that. And you see some teams that are able to turn things around, and they do so through the non-districts part of the schedule, where all of a sudden you look up and they're unexpectedly 2-0 and or 3-0, and and now all of a sudden they have this this element they didn't have back in August, or in this case September, mm-hmm. uh, which is confidence. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a big game, not just being a, a cross-town rivalry game, but I think it's a big game just court, court kind of laying foundation. But I, I think Creekview, based on last year's game where they were able to the clamps. Uh, you mentioned a couple of transfers, but they've yet to hit the field. Mm-hmm. So I have Creekview by ten. Okay, uh, let's see. It was uh, it was unanimous. We are all in concert and thinking that Creekview takes care of Newman Smith um, as part of the uh, yes, the latest. I don't know if there's a name for that rivalry. I feel like I should know that if there is, but not that I know of. Uh, but, yes, Creekview and Newman-Smith, 7 o'clock, Standard Stadium, Friday night. Um, let's see. Let's move on to our next game. We got uh, Saxe playing its first game of the season, and they get a team kind of like Allen Atascacita, a team that already has a game under its belt, mm-hmm. that being Capel. This one is going to be at Buddy Eccles Field out in Capel, uh, 7 o'clock kickoff. Um, again, this is kind of like last week when Capel played Mesquite. You guys cover these schools, not me, so I'm going to sit back and shut up and let you guys preview this one. Uh, Let's see, David. Just talk a little about Capel and just what's uh, what's got your interest on them heading into this one. Well, just the 
thing that guts me about Capel is just just their continuity that they have, mm-hmm. um, especially on offense. You know, a lot of returning starters coming back from last year, especially at the skill positions right there. And then you saw it in that game last week, uh, which Devin was at last week. Um, they, you know, got up 16 and nothing in the first quarter right there and uh, went up to, to beat uh, – beat Mesquite in a, a Mesquite team that went to the playoffs last year. So, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the big thing is just the running game and also obviously, you know, the wide receivers that they got. Um, KJ Liggins, you know, he had a great first game back uh, after being a Denton guy. He had uh, five catches for 101 yards and obviously the, the offense moved pretty smoothly with uh, quarterback Ryan Walker who mm-hmm. threw for uh, 225 yards. So um, I think that obviously is going to give uh, Capel a little bit of edge, especially because Saxe's have, uh, bringing in a brand new quarterback this year. Because mm-hmm. uh, I believe uh, Parker Wells transferred to Allen. He did. So, I mean, just the based on that factor. And also, I think this is a Capel team that seems it, – it's went through, you know, some struggles last year with, with a lot of new talent. Mm-hmm. You know, lost a lot of close games. But I think, like, all this – including Saxe, which uh, Saxe won 33-30. And Capel actually had a 16 and nothing lead in that game. So, I think, you know, just going through those struggles and learning how to win, I think it's going to show on Friday where Capel's, you know – Learn from like those losses last year, and I think Capel's going to probably win by t- at least ten points. What should uh, what should people be expecting out of Saxy in this opener, Devin? Uh, that's a question I'm not even sure their coaching staff can answer right now. <laughs> um, I mean, that's it's not just the fact that Capel does have a game under his belt this season; it's the fact that Saxy. I mean, Capel returned 14 starters. They, I, I saw him last week. They looked pretty crisp for an op- a season opener. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Saxy though. <laughs> They were expected to return just a handful of starters. And then you mentioned the transfer bug. Parker Wells goes to Allen. Well, then Sean Coleman, they still got a 1,200-yard rusher that's coming back. Oh, he he transfers to Dallas Christian. Oh, he's at D.C. now. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, so they are basically breaking in an entirely new offense and an entirely new defense. They have one returning starter on defense. So a lot of a lot of new faces. Uh, you know, Alec Orgy is expected to be their starting quarterback. Uh, he's got a good pedigree. You know, his two older brothers mm-hmm. were stars at Rockwall and yeah. now play at Vanderbilt. Um, he himself has kind of gone through the transfer, started at Rockwall, then went to Bishop Dunn. Now he's over at Saxe. Um, so I think it's going to take him some time to acclimate. Uh, they do have Brian Okoye coming back uh, in the backfield. He was Coleman's backup last year, but got got a lot more snaps, got a lot more carries as the season progressed. Even had a 100-yard game late in the year last year, averaged about seven yards a carry. Uh, they have a solid offensive line, which will help, and that's the one area they do have some experience in. Um, but they don't have – I mean, I was reading down their list of wide receivers and nothing rang a bell from last year. It was just kind of going, all right. Uh, so that's obviously the passing game is going to take a while to come around. They always have good athletes on defense. They've always been able to fly to the ball. But, again, it's just a matter of, of getting those guys to, to fill the positions. It's it's going to be a tough challenge, but it's going to be a good one. I mean, if, if, if recent history indicates anything, uh, you know, Two years ago, uh, Coppell wins 38-28 to when Caden Davis kicks the 57-yard field goal as time That's expires right. I remember that game. <laughs> to, to win it. And then Saxe kind of turns the tables on them last year. You know, David mentioned they were down 16 nothing. Saxe comes back and really dominates that game through the second and third quarters. Uh, Coppell returns a kickoff, you know, with a minute and a half left to close to 33-30. And then Saxe's able to, you know, return an onside kick and run out the clock. Uh, you know, just looking at the numbers, I, I would say Coppell wins this game by two touchdowns. But I also, Saxe's been able to find ways and, and to, you know, this has been a close game uh, the last two years. I, I still give Coppell the slight nod 
um, you know, especially, you know, and I have recency bias having, having seen them last week. Uh, but I think it's going to be close enough. I think it's going to be a one-score game. I'm really anxious to see what Sexy can do at quarterback with, yeah. uh, with Orgy, just given the track record of that system with dual-threat quarterbacks especially. And um, they seem to do a really good job of capitalizing on those strengths. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what his, especially just given the, you know, just the, the prestige in that family and just some of the athletes that they've produced. I'm just, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I think, I think they're still going to be up for a pretty solid season regardless of the outcome of Friday's game. But, um, but yes, the picket line, though, however, does foresee Saxe dropping to 0-1. The three of us were in in, uh, in unison and picking Capel to get the win on Friday. Uh, let's see. Then we can go out to Mesquite for a, a 7.30 kickoff from Mesquite Memorial Stadium in the latest rivalry between Poteet and West Mesquite, a matchup that uh, that will not have any sort of district ramification for the first time. And you can answer this, Devin, probably for quite some time. Uh, they're now, uh, they've are now they now been split apart by uh, Division One and Division Two and 5A, but nevertheless, though, the rivalry does stay intact, kind of like Creekview and Newman Smith. Uh, but nevertheless, Devin, um, yeah, I'll, just, uh, I'll, I'll leave the floor to you, man. Just talk a bit about this game and where you're leaning. Yeah, first time in forever. So they, uh, you know, this, this is a rivalry that started in 1990, and they've okay. always been they've always been linked. Um, it's always been a close series. It's, it's, it's odd because it's a series of runs. You know, you had West had an eight game winning streak, and Poteet's had a couple six game. Uh, but when it all adds up, Poteet leads the series 16 to 14. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of questions to be answered uh, in this game because you know Poteet is just in its second year under Roddy McLean out there. Uh, West Mesquite in his first season under Frank Sandoval. Uh, they both had some positives last week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, Poteet was was hanging right with Lake Highlands. Uh, it's twenty one twenty game, and then all of a sudden you blink and it's forty nine to twenty, and there's it's they're out of it. Uh, you know, West Mesquite went on the road to play Waco, uh, a game that they led for a while, and then the, and then Waco's able to rally late and they lose thirty two thirty two twenty three. Um, you know, you know, it's I, I, right now you look at it. It's it's, it's it's as far as strength against strength. West Mesquite uh, again is, is breaking into a new system. They got a lot of new names on offense, mm-hmm. um, so they're a work in progress. But they did return eight starters on defense, and um, that defense played well against Waco for for a lot of the game, and that happens to match up with what's on Poteet's strength, which is which is their offense. Uh, Jalen Police is a returning starter quarterback. He threw for 300 yards last week. Xavion Jeans is, is an effective running back who was, in effect, a starter last year, um, you know, with all the injury problems they had in the backfield. Um, didn't really have any receiving – uh, receivers returning of note, but you know Marcel Jackson goes out there in the first game and has six catches for 129. Uh, Deshaun Turner had a nice game, five catches for 96. Charles Bradley had a 40-yard touchdown uh, catch. So they had guys that that kind of stepped up, and, and you know it looked like they can be reliable targets. Uh, I, I think this is an offense that can score in the 30s on a consistent basis. Um, you know. West Mesquite, it's, it's kind of hard to say. Like I said, I said a lot of new, a lot of new faces. Jay Cipriano got to start last week. Um, you know, solid debut through for 216 yards and, mm-hmm. and two touchdowns. Uh, Devin Duncan and Eric Tennyson both had touchdown grabs, and uh, Bryson Walker had a, a touchdown on the ground. Uh, the problem is, and this is kind of what happens with a, a young offense, they did have five turnovers, and that's that was the difference in that game. So, I, you know, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, close. Um, I do get Poteet the edge just because of proven talent. Mm-hmm. Really curious to see West Mesquite. Mo- I always like to see, you know, a first-year head coach and just see how different a team looks from one year to the next, uh, not just in the personnel, but just in the way they kind of – in their mindset and their confidence. Absolutely. And, and, and even the pregame, you can kind of sense a difference because you're trying to change a culture. So excited to get out there uh, on Friday at Mesquite Memorial and see West Mesquite for the first time. Um, 
prove me wrong, Wranglers, but right now I'm going, <laughs> I'm going with Poteet in a close game. Is that kind of where you really in on this one too, David? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on, on the same lines as Devin right there. Just the experience that Poteet's got, I mean, that, that should give them the edge over a team that's, you know, bringing in a brand-new coach and a brand-new system. So I'd say uh, Poteet by at least a touchdown. Yep. That was kind of in line there too, just going with the more proven commodity right now. So we'll see. But, yes, pick a line. Once again, a lot of unanimity on this one with, uh, with uh, everybody picking Poteet to beat West Mesquite. There was a difference, though, in this last game. <laughs> and this one is probably, I mean, right up there with Allen Atascacita is probably the most anticipated game in our coverage here, at least. Heck, maybe in the uh, maybe in the area. Um, this is one that uh, the second it was announced, you were just kind of rubbing your hands together and, okay, let's, let's see what happens. Frisco Lone Star is heading out to play Mighty Alito. This is a 7.30 p.m. kickoff from Bearcat Stadium. Lone Star looking to shake off the, uh, you know, the... <laughs> Whatever happened last week against North Forney, an unexpected upset. The, uh, the state's number two ranked team in 5A Division One falling by the wayside. Just a very uncharacteristic performance on all fronts in a 34-31 loss to a granted a, a solid North Forney team, no doubt. A state-ranked North Forney team. So it's not like they've lost to any chump or anything. But um, obviously, though, you turn right around and now you're playing against. I mean, Devin, you were looking up some numbers on what might honestly be maybe pound for pound the best high school football program in the state. Yeah, and 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 I'll just I'll just throw some of these. I mean, you when you think of, and we're not talking about historical, you know, teams that have won, you know, multiple decades. Mm-hmm. Or so. We're talking about like the last, say, fifteen, twenty years, and teams that jumped to mind. And I was just kind of going through and and looking at Alito and looking at some of these other groups. You know, Alito in the, since two thousand nine is one hundred and sixty one and ten. That is their record. That is insane you know it's, it's <laughs> to put it mildly it's, you know you look yeah. at katie katie's you know yeah. from 1997 to 2008 that's a 12-year span they won 161 games but they lost 15 but mm-hmm. a lot of people look at katie as kind of the, the gold standard especially out of the houston yeah. area uh south lake carroll you know who was the team to beat for so long and were they 79 and one over a five-year period you know for, for their 10 best 11-year streak they were 147 and 14 mm-hmm. still incredible but not quite what alita was able to do yeah. allen who we just talked about earlier Last 11 years, same 11-year span, 147-10, and 10, same number of losses. Just incredible. But what, five state titles during that time? Or, For Allen, yes. Yeah, yes. yes. Um, and, but that's the difference, I think, between Alito and those other teams yeah. where they give them a slight nod. Eight state championships in the last 11 Oof. years. Ten losses in 11 years and eight state titles. Um, it's just incredible. So that was you know, they kind of have that mystique, same as Allen. Mm-hmm. Who wants to play Alito? Well, Lone Star does because yeah. Lone Star is a young program that's been on the rise. I mean, heck, they're 70 and 10 in their last six seasons. Oh, yeah. Um, and they are they, – they look at Alito as a challenge, and they also look at them as, hey, this is where we want to be. This is where we want to take, we, we take our program. So – I have a good feeling that that game against North Forney is so far in the rearview mirror mm-hmm. for them. They're going to come out. They've been – you could convince me they might have had an eye to, turned toward this before North Forney even. That is possible. Um, yeah, you could convince that me of that. That is possible. Um, but I just, I just, you know, and I'll let you, you know, I know y'all have looked at some of it as well, some of the numbers. It's it's shaping up. It's going to be a heavyweight fight, and I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. we got to remember, too, that even for how good Alito's been – Lone Star's had some pretty good victories along the way, too. If last year, they went to Highland Park. Yeah. How, how, how hard is it to win at Highland Park? It's damn near impossible. So, I mean, they, Lone Star has proven that they can go into hostile environments and win. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just after the, like the t- bitter taste of defeat last week, and, you know, and this is a, a Lone Star program. The only time that they've ever started the season with two wins is their first season in 2010. Two losses, you mean? 
two yeah, losses yeah. to start the season. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is the like you know, this is going to be interesting to see how Lone Star handles this, handles this adversity right there. Mm-hmm. Like they're used to winning so much, but I mean, after last week, I'm pretty sure they're pretty fired up to go play Alito. Yeah, so, I, I don't, I don't. Garrett Rangel's not going to throw for 201 yards again. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, I, I just he, he's he, there's too many weapons around, and I think they get that offense going. You know, the, it's, it's just going to come out of their defense. Their defense was opportunistic last mm-hmm. week. I mean, they had two pick sixes. Uh, Jane Rios and Noah Bolton both had oh, interception yeah. returns, but that just kind of puts in perspective. Perspective. They scored 31, and two of those were on pick sixes. That Lone Star is not going to score 14 very often ever, especially with those with Garrett Rangel. But, again, it's their defense. You look over at Alito, and I don't know if you looked at the stats closely or not, but they started at uh, sophomore Brent Hayden at quarterback. Okay. Okay, 10 for 15. 10 completions for 271 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> so he averages 27 yards of completion, and then he was resting by the third quarter really? because they blew out Weatherford, you know, 70 to 7. You know, they just have, you know, JoJo Earl, you know, six, uh, six catches for 169 yards and a couple touchdowns. He had two carries, and both of, went, both of those went for touchdowns. You know, they just have so many different guys, and they're scoring on huge plays. I mean, long plays. It's That's going to be a, a real fun game to watch, and there's going to be a lot of fireworks. And obviously, it's a different uh, Weatherford team than it was a year ago because they lost their quarterback, Ken Seals, who's mm-hmm. now at Vanderbilt. So, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, like, I think that's – we expected Alito to, uh, you know, kind of handle Weatherford, with, especially with the brand-new starting quarterback right mm-hmm. there. And, obviously, they they played with heavy hearts in that game, too, because I think they lost their sports editor in that town, too, unfortunately. Oh, oh. So, I think they were kind of playing with a heavy heart that night, too. But, um, so – um, I, th- you know, I think this is going to be a game where, you know, if, if first go Lone Star can start fast, I think that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. So where are you guys lean on this one? Obviously, it sounds like uh, we're pretty fired up for this game. So what is the uh, what's the pick, Devin? I I chose Lone Star. Okay. Uh, I mean, just despite the fact that. Um, you know, last week they lost. We we talked to the podcast on Monday. Uh, they went against number one. They went against uh, against one of the best coaching staffs in in, in the mm-hmm. state with Randy Jackson out there. And I've I've talked about Coach Jackson for years and what his ability when he has time to prepare. And they have plenty of time to prepare. Um, and people are going to have off weeks. Uh, I just think that this Lone Star team is too good. Um, you know, and one of the points was David brought up the Highland Park game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've shown the ability to you know. Rise the academy. I mean, they're going, and this is in Alito, but they, you know, going into Highland, there's nothing tougher than going into Highlander Stadium and coming out with a win. So, you know, I, I think that they're going to they're gonna be able to bounce back from last week. I'm, I think they've probably already forgotten about last week. They've had this one circled for months. Alito's had this, this one circled for months. So, you know, it's going to be fun, but I have Lone Star in a high scoring game. Mm-hmm. That's you, David, or Jaleen. This is not going to be a 70-7 to 7 game right here. No, hope not. <laughs> that would be, uh, be quite, I am, quite striking. I, I, I think this is going to be a game where uh, both the teams are going to score at least in the 30s. Um, and I think, uh, I think Alito is going to win by at least a touchdown or 10 points. Just based on the experience mm-hmm. that they're playing at home. And they have, like, you know, just that factor of JoJo Earl. Mm-hmm. He's such a huge weapon. For Absolutely, him. that might be up until they play Denton Ryan and Jatavian Sanders and all those guys. I mean, that might be the best pound for pound, the best pure football player that they see up until that point. 
I um, let's see, as far as where I lean on this one, I just I can't get out of my. And this is going to be the ultimate like test of just you know you, the the coaching cliche of just a short term memory. Just how much can they just wipe the hard drive from last week and just flush that game and again focus on what could be a, a chance for them to really kind of again get the taste out of the mouth and really reassert themselves as the state powerhouse that I think they're you know we kind of fancied them to be this season, especially with what they accomplished last week. I don't think it happens though. Um, I, uh, I just, again, maybe it's just because I don't like, I don't know I don't, if they had one last week, I don't know if I'd be picking them either, but there's just <laughs> something about only scoring 17 points, not being able to win a game where you had two pick sixes. And again, not even being able to creep over, over 17 points with the talent that they have. I know that they're better than that for sure. And I'm sure that they will show that, you know, in some sense on Friday, it just, it feels like there's just, there's just so much that like, I don't know. There's just so much about that game was just the lone star that I've, I just, I don't come to expect. I mean, the big play that they allowed, you know, with Cam Allen and, you know, uh, Tyler Tucker getting loose there early on and just, I mean, just the, the lack of execution and, you know, in a, in a first and goal at the one year, not a first and goal, but it's a fourth and goal at the one yard line and getting stuffed. It was just, I don't know. I, you know, this is the one thing about starting a brand new season is we always have to kind of remember that whatever you did last year, it really doesn't matter because just everything has changed. You know, what they did against Highland Park last year, that was incredible. Marvin Mims ain't walking through that door though. You know, it's just, it's a brand new team with a brand new set of strengths and weaknesses and, you know, problems that they have to solve early on in the season. And I feel like there were just one too many that were uh, that were flushed to, uh, to light last season, not last season, but last week um, against a team like Alito, which is about as well-oiled a machine as there is. And it's just, um, I don't know, it's just if this game was happening maybe in a few weeks for them to get iron the stuff out, then I'd feel a lot better about picking them. But obviously for this one, though, I'm just not sure the turnaround is enough for them to get everything correct that they'll need to in order to pull off a, um, a win in a place that's notoriously very difficult to win. I know Guy went up there and won, you know, um, you know, I believe last season, and that was the first time, you know, I guess four or five years that a team had won at Bearcat Stadium. But I, uh, I don't know. I side with Alito in this one, but I think it'll be a spirited one, probably in the neighborhood of like 10 to 14 points or so. So there you go. A little bit of dissension. Me and David siding with Alito, Devin Pick, and Lone Star. Hope it's a great game. Hope it lives up to the hype. This one, if this was game of the week, I would have totally got it too because this <laughs> one should be an absolute barn burner of a football game. And um, yes, that is a look at some of the marquee games that are in our coverage area as far as the games that we will actually be out and covering this week. Um, David, what is on your coverage docket for Thursday and Friday? Thursday, I'm going to be back at Toyota Stadium. Yeah, it's uh, coming a home away from home for you. I know, I know. I might as well just get a bunk bed over there. <laughs> uh, I, it's going to be... Uh, Lake Dallas at Frisco Centennial right there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Lake Dallas is coming off a really impressive win uh, against Denton their first week. Um, and so it's just interesting to, to see how their defense carries over that performance from last week when they allowed only 100 yards of offense and only three points, mm-hmm. which uh, came on a turn like on a, almost like as a result of a turnover at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, obviously, I'm still trying to learn about Centennial a little bit more. For sure. So um, it's gonna it's gonna be good to kind of see you know what Centennial has this year. So um, and it's uh, another non district game to kind of get both teams prepared for district. How about Friday? Friday, I am going to be at Capel. That's right. We just talked about that game. Capel and Saxy. Capel and Saxy, yep. Devin, how about you, man? Your Thursday plans took a bit of a hit. But, uh, yeah, th- Thursday is a little bit more up in the air. I'm still trying to sort out details. Everything Everything was so hammered out personal-wise, professional-wise. I was going to do <laughs> Rowlett and, and Plano over at Homer B. Johnson Stadium. But um, for those who haven't heard, Rowlett had a positive uh, COVID-19 case uh, early this week at the school. And by GISD rules, uh, that uh, they went ahead and canceled the game on Thursday. And they also postponed 
their district opener against Saxe scheduled for next Friday uh, with a mandatory 14-day uh, quarantine. So um, we get a little bit of a reshuffling for uh, Rattlet football-wise. We hope everybody is healthy and, and getting better over there. Um, but as far as actual coverage that I know about, I will be out at Mesquite Memorial on Friday uh, for the 31st installment of Poteet and West Mesquite. Uh, in a game again that we alluded to earlier that has a lot of a lot of question marks, mm-hmm. but um, it should be very interesting. These these two rivals always go at it. Um, so, uh, again, that should be a, a fun game to kind of see how that plays out and just kind of give you a, a preview of how their, for, you know, their prospective district seasons are going to go. For my coverage schedule Thursday, I'll be out at Pennington Field in Euless for uh, Prosper visiting mighty Euless Trinity. A, a nice little test for Prosper after scoring a, uh, you know, Preston would give him a game last week. That was yeah. a that was a bit of a back and forth game for about three three and a half quarters. Prosper is able to though pull away, um, you know, behind a strong game from quarterback Jackson Berry. Um, a bit of a step up though in difficulty though. Obviously Trinity's reputation is well documented and just that, just those bruising offensive lines they have and just that rugged ground and pound style of theirs. So um, it'll definitely be a much much different look from what they saw against Prestonwood. So that's where I will be on Thursday and then Friday I will be out at Eagle Stadium in Allen for the site of our game of the week as talked about in length earlier Allen versus Atascacita looking forward to that one should be a fun game um, so yes that is um that's what we got on the docket and that is um and that is it folks that'll do it for this episode of the star local media high school sports podcast um, let's see we'll be back on Monday to recap all the fun happenings from week two and yeah guys we'll uh we'll see what happens should be a fun one until then folks take care we'll talk to y'all later looking to hire top talent in your community Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.